Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lost in the Groove with your host, Mike and Dave. Today, we'll be talking about life, society, as well as we can make things better, start a new day for a better tomorrow. Let's continue with the intro music so we can start today's podcast. Today's episode is Season 3, Episode 4, which is CBD and understanding what it is. Like always, our sponsor is Anchor.fm. Thank you so much for supporting us. And please, guys, uh, please sure to be able to check out our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash lost in the groove, which helps us make this incredible groovy content for you. Uh, Like always, we always do this. Mike. Would you like to take the actual mic and start? Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Anyways, um, we're here in the studio for the first time together. Uh, Dave was nice enough to fly out here, and so we're doing this in the same room, one session. And um, Yeah, uh, me as a New Yorker in uh, very yeah. dim, we East Coasters don't ever go out to the West Coast. Uh, we are forbidden to enter into the domain of grooviness, surfboarding, blonde heads, and go-go dancers. So forgive me, New Yorkers. I have sinned, and I will repent for my, uh, my, uh, I don't know. Who fucking cares? I'm here in California. You know what? Let's fucking do this. Awesome. Let's have fun. Fuck you, New York. Fuck you, California. I'm here. Glad to have you here. Thank so, you. So, I mean... We've been talking about um, the cannabis industry, where you know where we've been, where we are today, and uh, towards the end of the season, we'll touch up on where we're, you know, where we're going, where we, where do we think this uh, industry will lead to? Yeah. And um, but today's episode is CBD, and what is it exactly? Uh, I've been in this space for a long time. I I, I got passionate about it uh, in, a, in a, by around 2012, 2013. It was something that uh, really intrigued me. Um, I had exposure to it in, uh, 2006. This is when, uh, dispensaries became really, really prevalent in the Valley, uh, in Los Angeles. We were, you know, and because it was still medicinal at that time and it had been medicinal, you know, 10 years after, but, um, when we went in, there were medical cards, uh, lab reports, all this information, about what you were buying, what was the contents of that uh, cannabis product? Yes, and that's when I had uh, this, um, you know, this exposure. I saw it. I was like, "Wow, there's more to this than just THC." Um, and this is what we had been learning for many years uh, as cannabis smokers: is that hey, this is medicine. There's uh, there's research in this. Uh, you know, there's a reason why uh, the medical community has allocated a lot of money towards researching it. This is why. Uh, states had been uh, going medical marijuana and going that direction aggressively so yeah. that they can expand on that research. So yeah. you fast forward to 2012, and what did you see? You saw uh, you know, companies diving into just CBD because um, they found that it was useful in one form or another. So what is it? CBD, it's short for cannabidiol, and it is a 
small component of the cannabis plant or, can I, can I just, or hemp. Just to throw this in, there's some research about this. Cannabidiol actually exists in the human body. Where? So, uh, I don't remember exactly where, but I was reading a little bit about this where uh, when you break down cannabis, so there's different, uh, there's CBD, there's CBN, there's CBG, THC, as well as among other chemicals, they all attach to certain points in the body, you know, different parts of the brain, and those chemical reactions basically create responders that uh, kind of allow them to be awake and be alive. So, you know, this whole thing with, uh, you know, it's a miracle, it's, it's, there's something crazy about it, it can't be real, all it's doing is kind of similar to what medication does. It's making a chemical reaction in your body. It's allowing those receptors to connect, link, attach, and now they're online. That's a very, very good way of putting it. That's, yeah. uh, that's uh, you know, uh, the research you did served you well, is what it sounds like. Um, and not, not so many words. I mean, when you say it's in the body, this is primarily because of the endocannabinoid system that's in every human body. It's in animals, too. Your dog, your cat. Um, your horse, your chicken, your rooster, your pig. And all those receptors you were talking about, uh, it, it goes through that entire system. And they're all intricately linked with various other parts, too. This is what the research has shown us. So we're not making things up. No. This, this is why a uh, an entire industry was developed around it is because they can substantiate it. So your endocannabinoid system is also linked to your nervous system your immune system, your digestive system. So you have all of these receptors that are being activated by CBD as well as the other components. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the tree of cannabinoids are many. The ones that we do know about, um, like the CBD, most people these days are using for uh, a handful of things or less. Right. Um, over the years, I've got the, the most common case that I see in store or online are people looking to use it for anxiety. Why does it work? Well, your nervous system, that that should say it all right there. Yeah. You know, activating that part of your body um, easily is helping you relax. So if we think about cannabis during the medical era or even prior, right, when you smoke cannabis, what do you feel? Yes, you get high, but it gives you a sense of comfort, relaxation. Right, but also the, the thing about that, that's the whole thing about it makes us high, right? High comes from THC, okay? So my mom runs into, the, into this problem too. She doesn't like the feeling of being high. So, you know, when I say that, okay, there's CBD, it's like, oh, what is that? It's cannabis. It's just you're, you know, you're specifically only working with CBD. You're stripping away the THC and you're primarily focusing on just the CBD component of the plant. So if you look at it from that perspective, there is no high. You're not, you do not get high off of CBD. So this whole, uh, this is a question I saw a lot of people ask online is, do you get high off of CBD? And the answer to that is no. But Mike, I mean, if you want to, Add in your little scientific knowledge, 
Moses inspired, Jesus prophet, loving, gracing, extraordinaire. We'd love to hear it. Oh, please. Well, scientific, yes. The rest, you know, I don't know. But I can say that uh, it's not just from cannabis, right? What did we see in 2018? We saw the, the farm bill get passed, allowing farmers to grow just hemp. So primarily, as of now, and you know, 2018 till present day, all CBD is uh, derived from hemp. It has very little THC, nothing that gets you high, so negligible it doesn't even come up in screenings if you were tested frequently, let's say. This is uh, one of the reasons why the bill was passed, to make it yeah, possible. Yeah, but primarily you're only, again, like that's what I was saying before was, is when we say CBD, that's the compound from cannabis. We're not saying cannabis, we're saying CBD, right? Right. That I mean, that is a an important differentiation between the two to to help people understand that uh you know that component doesn't come from cannabis though it does originate from there but they have found that you can also derive it from hemp which has very little or no thc so no it doesn't get you high in in not so many words uh it's not for that reason but it does do all these other things so the cbd as we have said does interact with various parts of your body, various receptors, but then you have this whole cannabinoid um, uh, tree of many different chemicals, like what we have read about CBN. You know, CBN promotes sleep. There, there are companies that uh, capsulize CBN mm-hmm. um, and uh, and sell it that way. There's no THC. It doesn't get you high. The purpose is just that. However, if we went back 20 years and you were smoking cannabis... The reason why CBN was being activated was because of heat. So you would smoke that bowl, it would activate the CBN, and, you know, some people would call that burnout. That's interesting. So you mean to say that when you put it in a a capsule form, because if people are, if you don't know this already, uh, the human body, I believe, is around like 97 degrees Fahrenheit. Temperature-wise, so that that's the heat that we that our body produces. So, I mean, if CBN has that heating component, that that's how it's activated. Do you know exactly what that level of heat has to be? So, are you saying that ninety-seven degrees is hot enough to activate it? That much, I really don't know. I can say that when you're using a flame, your flame is a lot hotter than ninety-seven degrees. So the chances are the temperature is much much higher, and we can probably do more research on this to try to understand it. Right, because they're doing they're using capsules. They're using capsules, but right? I, but I mean, there's a, a good chance that they have already activated the CBN in a different way. Okay. When you know when we look at let's say um, THCA, and that's the activated form of THC, that's what you get in cartridges. When we were talking to David Putfin. Um, we had we had discussed some of this in the previous episodes. Those oil cartridges that people are getting, they don't realize that the way that that's manufactured is through bulk flour, regardless of sativa, indica, or hybrid, doesn't matter. They just mash them all together because they need volumes of this stuff. And then it goes through filtration systems that filters everything out and only leaves THCA, 
which is what you need in order to get high. You know, when people say like, hey, I, you know, I ate, I ate just weed flour, right? Cannabis flour. Right. It, it doesn't get them high. They're like, it doesn't do anything. That's because they couldn't activate the THCA. It gets activated through heat when you burn it. Right. So we were talking about this too. Native Americans, they used to eat raw flour. So primarily what they used to do this was is they used to mix it in with other foods that were hot, that were heated over fire. And then when they would mix the food together, they would throw the flour in, and that would <clears throat> allow the THCA, THCA to be activated. Now, you might ask yourself, why on earth would Native Americans uh, go ahead and eat raw flour? What, what the hell is going on over here? So from the research that we found, especially when you're you know um, speaking to them directly, they use it for a lot of healing remedies. They didn't primarily use it to get high, they primarily used it for uh, just part of their diet. A lot of the foods that the Native Americans ate was just for pure nutrition. Why do we eat corn? Does it do this or does it do that? So that's how their diet was constructed. So it's a completely different way. But interesting about that oil cartridge situation where all you're left with is that THCA. And then what do they do? Once they have THCA, they can um, just separate them into batches and then determine, okay, well... These were going to turn into sativas, so they add the uh, terpenes they need to turn it into that batch. Indica, same thing. They'll just inject it with terpenes, natural terpenes, uh, and you have one batch of uh, THCA, but you can turn them into all of these very varying products. So um, the same would be said, I think, about the CBN capsules. They found a way to activate them and then put them and, and then capsulize them. Um, when we look at, let's say, CBG, what I've, what I've done in terms of the research and the reading about it is it's a like neural protectant uh, uh, in a sort, um, helping with uh, like cognition, helping with memory, helping with uh, a number of different things, and it's fascinating. This is all from one plant, and here we are, we're separating all this stuff when it was available just in one plant. I, I suppose the industry is looking at it in a sense that, well, if we, you know, if people wanted the benefits of these things and they don't want just cannabis, but they want just one of these things, that would be the benefit of right. separating I, I mean, it. Like, look, like look, at, look at, for example, you, right? You went primarily to work with CBD. <clears throat> That's primarily where you specialize, I mean, among other things. That is the point, though. I mean, you chose CBD because you wanted to find a way of people having the medicinal plant, that healing property, and all of that combined, but not feeling the need of, like, you know, uh, is it like I'm going to be sitting with a bunch of boys from Cali in, you know, my dad's 68 Volkswagen camper and just smoking weed and getting fuckface, like, no telling it tomorrow? <laughs> you know, like, you did see that avenue of here's something that's not going to make you like one of those Malibu Cali, you know, guys in that, that camper kind of situation. But that primarily is what it is. It's becoming more of, you know, the potheaders are smoking the shit to more of we're, this is a healing product that can basically be a natural way of healing certain things that we generally use pharmaceuticals for. Or at least a treatment, 
right? You know, if uh, you're trying to treat anxiety, social anxiety, or whatever uh, the circumstances may be, a pharmaceutical product uh, would oftentimes be your choice, and uh, they would work. A lot of times they work just fine, but they have severe, um, uh, I want to say, what's the word? Help me out here. What's the word I'm looking for? Side effects? Side effects. They have severe side effects. uh, I've heard it from so many people. Um, Same thing for sleep. People that uh, take something for sleep that was prescribed. Effective, but the side effects were so bad that they couldn't continue taking it. Even even melatonin, which is a natural uh, derived. I used to take melatonin, and I was so groggy and irritated in the morning. It didn't matter what dose I took. I always felt really irritable in the morning. And that is one of the side effects of melatonin. You feel very groggy the next day. So, you know, I I smoke cannabis on a day-to-day basis. I still have insomnia. But I still don't wake up with the same feeling of that I had with the melatonin, where I feel to the levels of, I just feel just gross. You know, with cannabis, I wake up, I'm exhausted. I don't want to wake up. I feel you know, heavy for like the first hour or two. But after that, I'm perfectly fine. Really understanding that you don't have to give up pharmaceuticals. I think that's an important thing also to bring up. CBD is not here telling you, take all of your medication and throw it in the garbage. Not necessarily. It's kind of an outlook of, can you maybe try to use something medicinal to help the problems you're having instead of taking, you know what, I'll give this an example. My mom... My mom takes about eight medications a day, okay? And for her to cut down those eight, let's just say she's taking two for pain, she can cut that down to now six, which she has. My mom now takes six medications instead of eight that she took before because she doesn't need that pain medication as much as she needed it before. So, we're again, we're not coming out and saying that, like, fuck pharmaceuticals, fuck the pills, don't take them. If your doctor prescribes them and that's what you feel comfortable with, then go for it. Don't stop taking medication. All we're saying is, here's an option if you're taking a lot of medication or you want to try a different outlook, here are your options. That's what CBD is. It's, it's not a fuck you to the pharmaceutical company. It's here's something you can try that could help you a lot. Might help you take less medications. Or even better, might find a different way of how you're dealing with your condition. Well, that's a that's a good way of putting it, um, and this is that's generally what I would tell people too. Is uh, um, it's not supposed to be something that you would replace immediately. Like you should always speak to your doctor about it, but um, the understanding that this doesn't solve all your problems. Um, it can be a small solution or an addition to uh, to what you may already take. Uh, all in all. We can't make claims. The FDA doesn't allow us to. It's um, But the research is there. Um, I've got thousands of people that I've spoken to over the course of the decade where they've all seen positive results from it. And oftentimes the ones that, uh, you know, the small percentage, the 1% or 2% that don't see anything, either they're using uh, these things incorrectly, they have uh, poor expectations because um, it's been hyped up so much, or their situations are so severe that uh, they're beyond that point. They have to 
seek real medical help. And, you know, I've seen um, a even smaller percentage of people get nothing out of it because uh, it's just not working with their biology. Uh, ultimately, it's a, you know, it's an option. Um, we do know that there are these amazing things that it can do. And uh, education that I offer a lot of people that uh, when they come in uh, and they're asking about it is, number one, set the proper expectation, right? Ask, oh, way, ask plenty of questions. Just, 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 just throwing this out there for you guys. Uh, Mike actually owns a smoke, sh- a smoke shop here in L.A., and if you want, you can actually check out his website, which is arcsmokeshop.com. Is that correct? Arc with a K. Arc with a K. And uh, he actually posts videos up there explaining about the different products, including CBD. So besides you guys listening to this episode, you can actually check out his content. And he goes into a lot more detail if you are curious. And, of course, I think you can shoot him out an email, Mike. I think you're okay with that. You can shoot us at Lost in the Groove. We'll have the email uh, posted so you can guys do that as well or shoot out to Mike and he'll be able to answer you uh, or, you know, any questions you guys have. But, uh, you know, we're primarily coming off at this with the notion, and this was the idea of of coming in this, is asking the questions that newcomers or people that are curious or have had bad experiences are asking. Another question I saw that popped up a lot is, what are the risks with taking CBD? That's like one of the top five questions I saw. Uh, <laughs> what do you have that? When somebody asks you a question like that, what are the risks of CBD? How do you respond? I think that's a, it's a great question, but this is what I would tell people is like, well, you know, there are no risks. I mean, the risk, you know, the downside is uh, you might start feeling better. The downside is you might start sleeping better and getting more restful sleep. You might be in a better mood more frequently. You might actually get along with your spouse a little better, especially if you're both taking it. I mean, you know, those are the downsides. My Mike, you might make you might make some uh, law firms really unhappy right now. So uh, <laughs> I, I do apologize to you guys. We love you, and we love that you're fucking up marriages. God bless you. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're not trying to close you down. Yeah. We promise. I mean, but seriously though, uh, there are people that have asked that before, but the bottom line is it is natural since there's no THC, there is no, you know, issues with drug screenings. You, uh, you're not going to come up positive for that. Uh, especially if you have the right product and we'll be talking about the the varying products of CBD uh, not just applications but there are different components of it yeah we'll, we'll touch base about this on the next um, episode we're gonna be doing two segments of CBD this one is where uh, you know Mike has touched base about this a couple of number of years ago we really want to have an expert like Mike um, also something that I've done research I've been dealing with CBD with my family personally with my mom. And just try to help you guys out. That's literally what we're doing here. We're just trying, we're just trying to give you guys just one place uh, where you can just get all the information you need in regards to CBD. Uh, instead of like just going through articles, and this is the kind of the benefit of podcast is where we can kind of look over the information, you know, kind of be able to give our own point of perspective and help you guys out to make the right tra- choices moving forward. Uh, 
the thing also about risks, it falls under another category with other people asking the same thing. And again, this has to do with the fact we have this idea of the pharmaceutical industry for the past 109 years. And we have an understanding of natural products besides CBD. There are among others. I mentioned one earlier, which is melatonin, uh, that are used, uh, we can purchase. One other question that gets asked is side effects. What are the side effects of CBD? Ah, I mean, I think that's an easy one. Here we go. If uh, if you are, t- let's say, if you are taking too much CBD, right, chances are you might feel a little drowsy. That's it. That That is the only side effect. Why? Because it, uh, it, it works really well. I mean, if you're taking uh, something that's very concentrated, 1,000 milligrams, 1,500, 2,000 milligrams, and you're taking a lot of it every day, multiple times a day, um, the only thing you'll notice is that you feel a little bit more uh, sleepy towards the end of the day. Um, that could be good for some people who are looking to get more restful sleep that deal with insomnia. Uh, that could be bad for people who uh, are, let's say, just trying to deal with daily anxieties and stress but aren't trying to, you know, go to sleep immediately. Um, but uh, that's it. I mean, I've I've seen it. I've seen it for thousands and thousands of people, and that's literally the only thing that uh, most people have complained about. Uh, I can assure you that majority of those thousands of people over the years, most of them have only said good things that, it, you know, they have addressed the issues that they're trying to deal with. They have mitigated the issues that they're dealing with uh, from uh, day to right. day, um, whether it's reducing it or eliminating it. But it has worked. It's also the same thing that I said earlier, and I gave this example of melatonin. Melatonin didn't work for me, and that's that's fine. Sometimes it just doesn't work for some people. It's the same thing. If you take a too high dosage of melatonin, you're going to feel more drowsy the next day. That's the thing about when you're dealing with medicinal plants, medicinal uh, healing applications, you know, different types of products that are made. The side effects primarily that comes from it is too much, you know, too much dosage. You know, the dosage is either too high and then the effect gets higher than it's supposed to. So that's why you feel that way. Why is this the case? Because primarily when you're dealing with medicinal plants, they grow naturally. So unless you're dealing with plants that are known to have toxic chemicals, like an example of this is like mushrooms. Mushrooms are known to have psilocybin as well as other other chemicals that can be toxic. Why is this? Because that's how mushrooms were designed. That's how they evolve. The more potency, the more moisture, the more dense, especially where it grows, that's how it forms. Medicinal plants kind of fall under a different category where they're a plant that have all of these natural properties. And from these natural properties, you're able to derive certain medicinal healing properties that you can get out of, that are very similar to what we use in the pharmaceutical industry. They're not foolproof, and Mike pointed this out really well, is that sometimes they'll work for some people's biology, sometimes they won't. That's how medicinal plants are. Why do pills from a doctor work? Because they're made in a lab that's been tested on thousands of people, 
so that they can work a certain way, so that it works for everyone. You can't do that with medicinal plants. It grows naturally. It doesn't grow in a lab. You don't grow weed on a, uh, what do you call those, those plastic plates? Petri dishes. Petri dishes. That's not how cannabis is made. That's not how melatonin is made. It's mo- I can't think of other ones, but there are other medicinal plants besides just cannabis and melatonin. But that reminds me of uh, what David Putvin was talking about. Um, he was saying that uh, that you know, going the Petri dish route for cannabis would at least um, allow a lot of those, uh, those clones uh, to grow with, um, in an environment that would, uh, that would grow with less issues relating to, um, uh, what was it, um, you know, powdered mildew, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the insects. Yeah, 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 yeah. but, but like, th- that's, that's different because we're, I'm talking about lab, lab mate, meaning right. where you take cannabis, put in a petri dish from a, you know, a tissue cell, and then, and then <clears throat> in the lab itself, you grow it. Whereas what he's talking about is where you have that scientific component where you take from the tissue cells, you create CBD seeds, and then you plant them. And then from the ground and the earth itself, you grow new plants. It's still natural. That's still a natural way of growing. And you want to argue with me? Well, guess what? Then don't eat apples because they're all made from tissue cells. So is corn. So is among other things. A lot of the fruits and vegetables we eat, they're grown from clones that are made in Petri dishes. So, uh, very fascinating, though. But why? Why do the farmers do this too? And it's kind of the same thing with cannabis. And you pointed out, David Putvin said this very well: is they're trying to eliminate as much of like mold, mildew, bug infestation, and all of this. It actually helps us get rid of pesticides out of our foods. Pesticides are extremely, extremely toxic. And they cause a person, I'm not making this up, you can read uh, articles about this, they cause our bodies to handle diseases like cancer way more weak. So that's why people get a lot more sicker from cancers, depending on the person, is because we have those pesticides on our foods. So this is a scientific lab experiment that actually benefits us. So it allows us to remove a lot of those toxic chemicals like pesticides and allow us to have really clean food with all those chemicals removed. Uh, and th- again, like the same thing applies with cannabis. We are in a period now where we need to understand that cannabis is not ganja, and you don't fucking do it in a 68 camper, and that's what you do with it. No, it's a medicinal product just like many others. How can we make this better? How can we put it in different types of products for different types of needs and different types of purposes? Uh, and, and the way to understand this is to break down cannabis and understand what the fuck is CBD? <laughs> what the fuck does it do? How does it help me? What can I do to understand it more? And what are the practices that we should be taking to have a better picture of this? We're going to touch more about this when we come back from our short break so we can let our sponsor uh, give a little bit of a shout of applause to them. And we'll be back in a couple of moments. See you guys soon. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed uh, that uh, beautiful little uh, ad that was recorded by me. Little old me. Uh, so, we were talking about this. Be- we were talking about this before. You know, uh, 
kind of like what's going on with CBD, you know, explaining exactly what it is. Now the question that people will ask is uh, <clears throat> primarily uh, how do you how do you deal with, you know, CBD? Uh, you know, what is it for? What do you do with it? Uh, you know, we touched base a little bit about more about this before, different kind of compounds, but that is an interesting question. You know, besides all the medical benefits and the different types of products, what do you actually use CBD for? Well, you know what? I think um, it's a great question. And um, when I think back on all the people I've spoken to, it's, you know, most of them are dealing with something and they'll go online, they'll do research, they'll hop on Reddit and they'll find out that, okay, someone is using it for this and they saw good results. Someone is using it for that and they saw good results and then they'll come in and they'll want to try it. So um, what we have heard, because we can't make any claims, at least not yet, but what what I have heard and what I have seen uh, have good results is, number one, anxiety is the the most common thing that people will come in for. So people have used it for that. They have seen positive results. I have seen a lot of people who have come in for cancer. So you may think, well, why would that be effective? Well, I would say a couple of things there are really relevant because the CBD is interacting and um, activating the endocannabinoid system. Well, that that system is connected to the immune system. Activating that system, strengthening your immune system, that would make sense if you just went through chemotherapy. So that's another thing that we have seen people use CBD for. The next, I would say, is uh, people will come in uh, after learning about um, CBD, about, you know, specifically for, let's say, their blood pressure. For some people, uh, for some people, they have seen that it's effective in regulating that. And there's probably so many other cases that we're just barely hearing about these days. So most of the stuff I've mentioned is in the last five to eight years. As of presently. There'll be more cases. There'll be more people who are like, well, I used it for this. People will come in for, you know, uh, insomnia. and they'll and Right, because primarily, <clears throat> we, we've said this before, the, the research that we have for cannabis is quite new. Uh, you know, we weren't really able to do the full-on research that we were able to do until a lot of these legislation bills were passed to allow the research to be conducted. So... As time goes on, we're going to have a better understanding of things. It's not that nobody knows. It's just, remember that our government fucked us in 1969 with uh, <laughs> Richard Nixon. Satan, please, please take care of that fucker. But because of all of these things, we were eliminated for the amount of research that was created, as well as, believe it or not, there's other drugs <clears throat> that we have treatment plans that are about 40 40 to 50 years old because there has not been research allowed to be done on it. Uh, that is the problem that we have. Not saying that it's bad. We're going to learn more about CBD as time goes on. Probably new uh, ways of using it. Possibly 
a new understanding of a deeper scope of what other things it can be. You know, that could be the future that we're looking at. So we're new. This is something new. You know, that's why we have people like Mike and as well as David Putvin that came along uh, for the other episodes is we are <clears throat> frontiers for a new step in human civilization as well as human medical treatment. Again, it's new. So we need to keep that in mind as well. There's going to be so much more that'll come out over the years. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fuck look, yeah. Look at what's happening currently. I mean, the uh, the expansion of the cannabis industry, uh, all the, the products that are coming out and that are derived from hemp or cannabis – because they are not the same thing, hemp or cannabis. Um, and ultimately, you know, um, as the years go by, we'll see uh, a decriminalization and maybe a legalization in the union altogether on a federal level. And that'll open up more doors uh, for the better or for the worse. I mean, you'll, you know, for the better would mean more research, more products. For the worse would mean, you know, more, uh, more segregation of uh, some of these chemicals. Uh, just like what we've seen with cannabis, right? We we exited out from the uh, medical side of things, and now we have separated all these products into different things. And, you know, you had mentioned you were in a dispensary recently since you walked into L.A., and then you asked about which one would have the most CBD, and they said uh, uh, none. Yeah. There's none. So Yeah, I, I also told you this, told you this like, <clears throat> I'm generally usually smoke medical grade cannabis when I'm in New York and um, it usually has about like 2.7 to 5% CBD and when I smoke cannabis out here I can't concentrate I can't focus I'm so high like I'm in this fucking bubble and it's weird because the cannabis I'm smoking in New York I feel fine I actually feel more energized I feel more creative I feel like I can do a lot more things and I can't say this for a fact because I'm not somebody that works specifically with this. I think it's because of the lower CBD levels. When you don't have that much CBD, you're not getting those things that are looking for. That's what I was saying earlier is remove that idea in your head of a bunch of Cali Malibu lovers in a 68 camper getting stoned off their fucking rocker. That's not <clears throat> the only direction. The whole purpose of giving cannabis to people is giving them options and just giving them understanding the benefits of CBD and understanding that it's not just that high factor. There actually are properties in there in there that help out a lot. I've used CBD primarily with smoking flour, and I've been able to deal with my PTSD, my anxiety, as well as depression. To be honest, I think if I smoked cannabis out here, I don't think I would be able to deal with the things, especially stuff that they sell in the dispensaries. Not that it's bad quality, it's that it doesn't have the correct ingredients that I'm looking for. I found this out in California. So supposedly what he told me is, if you walk into a dispensary and buy flour, there is no CBD. None. It's straight up THC. So if you're here in California and you want to buy CBD specifically... Do not buy flowers in dispensaries because from what I've been told, it doesn't have any of it. I mean, at least that, that type of flower. I mean, some, some dispensaries that uh, still operate on a medical level do carry uh, CBD flower and maybe some CBD products. It's not, it's not a lot of them. And most of them 
are engaged in selling flour that's high in THC because that's where the money is. That's what they got into the industry for was to make money. Yeah. Um, it wasn't um, it wasn't for the purpose of helping people that, you know, that could be uh, that could be up for debate. You know, cannabis dispensary owners might disagree. They might feel like, no, we're trying to provide value to the communities. But, um, you know, from my perspective, you got into the industry to make money, and because you're a recreational shop and not a medical one, that's what you sell. You mentioned a few other things, right? When we were at, when when we were talking about, you know, what people are using this for, what what can they expect when they use it, or, um, you know, how would it work? And you mentioned a few things even for yourself. I have I have had people come in asking about CBD who deal with PTSD or depression. I mean, again, there's a large number of things that um, people are suffering from in their lives and they're discovering CBD for the first time after doing research and uh, they're willing to at least try it. Um, yeah, think about like, I, I told you before, yeah. before like <clears throat> my father died of COVID last year and I had maybe two PTSD attacks in the past year since my dad passed away. Uh, I probably had maybe three panic attacks. Now, comparison to me normally, I probably would have about 10 to 11 panic attacks a year, maybe 15 to 16, and then I'd probably have PTSD episodes probably about four to five times a month. So this was before my dad passed away, and then, you know, when my dad passed away, I started, you know, getting more into it. So... This is my own personal experiencing, but I'm telling you from my experience, I was able to deal with grief, anxiety, depression, PTSD, after losing a family, after losing literally a parent, and barely going through any types of attacks or anything serious. Just by taking something that literally fucking grows in the ground, that's dirty, and it grows out of the ground, and you fucking pull it off, and you... Burn it to the fucking ground. That's what I used. And I'm fine. And it works. That's all that yeah, matters. It I works. Mean, you found value. That's that's really all that matters. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is the, the whole point. I mean, uh, is it, is it going to work for everyone? Maybe not. But the fact that uh, it's showing such positive results uh, for somebody with uh, with little or no choices... At least it's something they can turn to and at least try, for whatever that may be worth. But I think it's uh, it's important uh, that uh, at least people understand what this product is, what this chemical is. And uh, as I said, there's probably many other things. Those are a few other ones that you mentioned that uh, just struck me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I've dealt with those cases too. I've heard, you know, I've heard people's uh, stories in, in regarding PTSD, depression, stress. Uh, uh, sleep deprivation, uh, you name it. Uh, and over the years, I'm, you know, I, I was even astounded, uh, from people's results. I mean, that, that was primarily what I did the first five years is collect a lot of data. I mean, it, it wasn't like I knew everything then the way I learned everything was by the trial and error of like, I know this stuff works. I've tested it. And then I started offering it to people. And over time, as the information you know, uh, basically uh, grew on the internet, um, people just started seeking it out themselves just to try, 
They had, you know, they had nothing to lose. Um, and the, the hardest thing for me to combat in, in this emerging industry was uh, setting people's expectations because uh, sometimes they would be too high. They would just, you know, hear about it on Reddit or some thread and believe that, okay, this is a miracle drug and it'll solve all my problems. And that's uh, obviously it's not the case. But uh, if, if we can improve the quality of life even a little bit with CBD, then that's a win. I mean, it's a good start. Uh, nothing's going to change, um, you know, the um, the symptoms uh, or the the difficult circumstances that you have in your life overnight. But if we can improve them a little bit, that's huge. Your case is very, very unique, Dave. I mean, uh, those those panic attacks are, you know, 10, 15, uh, you said a year? Yeah, just about. I mean, that's at least one a month. And you're, I mean, you said uh, in the previous podcast, just uh, you've reduced them down to like two a year. Yeah. Just with cannabis alone. Yeah. But, but you know, not really good medical grade cannabis, not uh, THC enhanced cannabis. So it's a. Uh, yeah, I primarily, so <clears throat> I told you this before, I primarily stick with medical grade. And um, I been smoking medical grade for the past four years why do i pick medical grade so i somebody i knew that was uh part of the cannabis industry for a very long time i'm talking about like 40 50 years i knew him in israel you know he told me you stick with medical grade and he says i'll tell you you know i promise you you'll be happy with it so i i i was like okay and it i was like okay this is great and then i found out why he said that because usually with medical grade they usually have a higher level of cbd as far as I know. So I was like, oh, okay, now this makes more sense. So I didn't find out about this until about like two years ago. Um, but that's like the, that's not the only thing in regards to CBD where I've actually come into this question as well is, are there things that you don't use CBD for? So I was reading an article that said primarily with Parkinson's, it's not a good idea to give the patient CBD. So we've talked about illnesses that you can use CBD, like PTSD, anxiety, depression, cancer, and so on. But are there illnesses that you cannot use CBD for? Not that I've heard, but I'm curious about what you have read. Share, you know, share with us. What, what have you read? What about Parkinson's? Why are they suggesting it's not a, a good option? Uh, so they claim that with Parkinson's, it causes more of a risk. So because there's more brain activity that's being formed, it can actually cause more damage because with uh, Parkinson's disease, primarily it's the decomposure of mainly the main brain, among other things. So <clears throat> you're kind of toying with something and making it more fragile than it already is. So that's primarily the, the problem with that is. I can see that with other diseases as well besides Parkinson's. Um, you know, another one would, for example, be like, um, uh, not epilepsy, uh, uh, cerebral palsy would be another one. So depending on somebody's condition of cerebral palsy, I don't know. Like if somebody has a condition of cerebral palsy where they're mainly functional and they can walk on their own, I can see how CBD can be very beneficial. However, somebody that has a really severe case where they can barely walk and barely function, that usually means they have very weak systems. You have very weak immune system, very... <clears throat> um, Weak respiratory system, including digestive system. I know this because I work with cerebral palsy patients. 
Uh, and generally, the worse the case is, the more crippled they are. So you have to be very careful. So it sounds like it's mostly like uh, diseases relating to like neurological damage or uh, of that nature. I mean, yeah. um, I've I I honestly have not heard too many cases uh, where it's like, no, that's not a good idea. M- most people are open to trying anything. I mean, w- when you're at at the end of your ropes and you, you've pretty much exhausted all your options, you'll take anything that uh, could potentially work, especially if it's natural and um, there's very little harm in it. And CBD generally does fit that bill. Um, I, you know, I reflect on a few other cases, auto, you know, autoimmune disorders for some people. I've had cases with uh, uh, people with lupus um, who have uh, who have taken CBD and have found um, their flare-ups have been reduced, uh, maybe not eliminated, naturally so, but re- reducing them is still pretty huge. Um, it's fascinating to me, but this is the first time I, I've encountered a, a, a question like that, and I'm glad you brought it up because it makes me think about it a little a little more in depth and makes me want to research it more. Like, are there other things that, uh, or other illnesses that that may not be the right fit for. And if the answer is yes, CBD wouldn't be fit for that, then is there another plant-based solution that might be fit for that? I mean, I mean, we're going to be talking about other uh, plant-based. <clears throat> Boy, the, the topic for this season is medicinal plants. Uh, we, we mainly did not call this the CBD season because uh, we wanted to talk about also, like uh, we mentioned, Kilojet, uh Shilajet, Shilajet uh, right. kava, and then also kratom, uh, which we'll we'll talk about in, in other episodes. Th- this is again, this is a whole thing about medicinal plants. Is this is not this is not the Messiah, you know? This is not uh, the fountain of youth. This is a fucking plant that's been around for God knows how many years. It exists. What can we learn from it? What can it do? What are the benefits? Um, what not to use it for? What are the properties? <clears throat> so that's kind of like the beginning of understanding. If you really want to understand CBD, those are the questions you should be asking. Is uh, you know what are the research that's about it? How is it derived? Uh, what is the research leading us towards? Remembering also that research can change. Not in a negative way, in a positive way. Like you, you mentioned this before, where we can learn more about it than we already know now. I mean, more use cases, more um, more understanding of what these cannabinoids are and are interacting with in the human body. Those are all uh, positive things. If we can learn more about that and uh, have a stronger, um, stronger evidence of just how they're working, what they're doing. Or the, or the is the evidence pointing towards uh, improvement? Um, those are good things. I would like to see more of that. And um, for now, it's still in its infancy. I mean, it's uh, it's been less than ten years since it's been brought to market. And even back in the day, you know, twenty twelve, there weren't many participants. Most people didn't want to touch it. I mean, uh, I think I started really seeing a huge ramp up in demand by 2015, 2016. And that was because uh, people were learning about it and they were discovering that at least it's an option. They didn't know if it would work for them, but what they heard was that it had potential. So they were willing to take that risk and at least try it. Um, 
you fast forward today, uh, everyone's heard about it for the most part, and a lot of people have tried it. That was one of the most difficult things is, again, setting the proper expectations. Um, the worst thing that I have seen is people who went to the wrong place, were sold a product uh, that may have not been uh, properly explained or um, something not strong enough in concentration. They, so, they try it, and then they're like, no, this didn't work, waste of money, paperweight. Right. This is something also we should be talking about as well is this is, an- this is another question that a lot of people ask. What is the difference between hemp seed oil and CBD? Because they do get confused a lot. When I say a lot, check the Walmart website. <laughs> I promise you, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Just type up CBD in the search bar and you'll be like, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think um, from what I have seen, it's just on a federal level, it's uh, it's still very difficult for Walmart and Amazon to participate, just like uh, how like I would be able to participate. But for them, there's no legal implications for them to sell hemp seed extract, which has no uh, medicinal value whatsoever. It's just a placebo. Um, And a lot of people got duped into that. And they're pretty expensive, surprisingly, for something that has no medicinal value. But, um, you know, like a hemp oil type of product. Or hemp, hemp shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, people just see it and they're like, oh, yeah, that's CBD. Like, no. It's not, uh, and you should be able to determine that by looking at the uh, ingredients list, but it certainly hasn't stopped Amazon sellers or Walmart uh, from carrying and selling these products uh, knowingly that um, they're just, you know, I want to say misleading or mis uh, mislabeling these products intentionally just to be able to participate in the market uh, without having legal problems on a federal level. Totally understandable, yeah. but uh, it's uh, it's a shame. It it's definitely um, uh, it should be illegal, but it's not. They can get away with this because um, they're not telling you it's CBD. They're telling you it's hemp. If you, the individual looking at this product, makes the determination that it's CBD, then you only have yourself to blame for buying that product. Yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll touch base about this in the next in the next episode. Uh, Mike will talk about the products he's you know tested and tried, and we'll give you an idea what companies you can be looking for from our perspective. Uh, <clears throat> also, being able to give you the tools, this is important, especially when you're looking at CBD products, knowing exactly what to look for on the labels, so you know exactly which products you should be purchasing from and which ones you should be staying away. We'll we'll touch base about this um, in the next one that will mainly focus on the products and we'll go in a little bit more in depth. Um, you know, if Mike, if you have some companies you want to think of to bring up, uh, I'm sure you do and we'll, we'll definitely uh, bring that up as well. Wow, we've been uh, talking for a while. This has been uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, this has been fun. This has been great and we got lost in the groove. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. You can listen to us every single Tuesday on our regular podcasting streaming networks. Um, also, you can guys can check us out uh, with Jam Band Mike and Dave, which is a Patreon-only membership podcast, which we have on our Patreon page at Lost in the Groove. Finally, we have a new addition to the Lost in Groove family, the Shindig Variety Show, where we'll be talking about topics that happen now, articles that we think are important to bring up to you guys, and that will be on YouTube. So you guys get to see us actually in person 
looking like a bunch of fucking idiots and a bunch of hippies, because that's what we are, people. Just remember that. Uh, thank you so much for watching. See you guys in the next one.